today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. The Father knows something about temptation. He knows that temptation thrives in darkness. And why is this? Because light exposes sin for what it is. He knows that sin always overpromises and underdelivers. And as soon as you flip the light switch on, you see the way things really are. I heard a pastor once ask this question, why do you think there are no windows in adult bookstores? Hoping God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. been said that sin will always take you farther than you want to go and keep you there longer than you want to stay. As Pastor Ricky continues his teaching series through the book of Proverbs, he'll be exhorting us to confess our sins to God as well as to confess our sins to one another. The temptation to sin always comes along with the temptation to keep it in the dark and a secret. Just like Adam and Eve hid from God after they sinned, we too have this same tendency. Now, here's Pastor Ricky with part one of his message, The Lies of Temptation. Proverbs 6 and 7 are a warning about getting catfished. Um, In fact, this passage exposes one of the oldest and biggest catfishing schemes in the history of the world that predates computers, that predates the modern era. And the reality is this. We are especially vulnerable to getting catfished or deceived in the world of romance and relationships and sexuality. Um, When those things are involved, we tend to be more liable to believe lies and, and liable to get hurt and even liable to get killed. That's what the Bible says. It lays out a warning that everything is not as it appears. And so the father in Proverbs, who's giving this introduction to the book, lays this out for his son. But it is just as alive and well in our day today. So let's read Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. This is God's holy and authoritative word. My son... Keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life to preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Well, as I said a few weeks ago, Proverbs introduces us to a cast of characters who are teaching tools. There's the fool who represents the stupid, sinful decisions of young men. Um, driven by their own impulses. There's the sluggard, the, the person whose laziness destroys their life. There's, there's lady wisdom and lady folly, these two competing attributes that vie for our attention. And there is the adulteress. 
She is the character in Proverbs representing illicit sexual temptation. Now, ladies, I don't want you to get offended. This is not a male-female thing. In a sense, it's not even a physical adultery thing. This is a character. And the father is writing this character for a young man about 13, 14, 15 years old on up. And so he's writing a character that he knows his son will be able to relate temptation with. But really, this is meant for all of us. This character represents every and any illicit sexual temptation outside of what God has designed for sexuality, outside of God's boundaries. Now, with that being said, I want to draw a contrast between the passage that was like this a few weeks ago that may have given some of the parents of like 12 and 13-year-olds um, some trepidation coming in to this text as soon as we read it. Like, okay, great, we're going back there. Here we go. I have more things to talk to my son or daughter about after this service. Um, now, in contrast to that passage in Proverbs 5, that, that passage contrasted illicit lust versus passionate marital love. And, and the father is saying, don't pursue this, son, because we want you to pursue this. This is what God has designed. Isn't this beautiful? Pursue this. Save your energy for this. Go after this. Now, this passage, though, is different. He already has set up the contrast. And so this passage is going to expose the lies of how that temptation leads us away. We're going to look at four lies that sin tells us to lead us astray in this area. Four ways that we all are getting catfished. Now, before we do that, though, I want us to take a look at verses 23 and 24. Verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light. Now, the father knows something about temptation. He knows that temptation thrives in darkness. And why is this? Because light exposes sin for what it is. He knows that sin always overpromises and underdelivers. And as soon as you flip the light switch on, you see the way things really are. I heard a pastor once ask this question, why do you think there are no windows in adult bookstores? Why do you think there are no windows in strip clubs? You know why? Because it would break the illusion. Because all of a sudden you would see this place is not quite as clean as I'm comfortable with. Um, you would begin to see, man, it doesn't actually look like the illusion of that girl having a great time, that like she's actually having a great time. And actually, some of the patrons here, far from being like a cool crowd of people that were all, yeah, these are like weird old fat guys that are leering at a girl that's like their daughter's age. And as soon as the light goes on, you see in kind of vivid, gross detail what is actually happening. And this is exactly what the father aims to do. He, he's aiming to switch the light on for his son. But how do you do that? You do this through the word of God. The commandment is a lamp. The teaching is a light. That This book, when you open it and read it and understand it, it's like turning the lights on. It helps us see things as they really are. And this would have been especially vivid for the ancient world because in the ancient world, they had no electricity. And often a lamp, if you were, you were 
traveling when when the sun was going down and you happen to have a lamp you that lamp was the difference between getting from here to safety or getting from here into the mouth of a of an animal or into the hands of robbers it meant maybe in the middle of the night as you were looking for healing tonics for somebody that was ill it meant the difference between the right one and the wrong one and then waking up the next day or not waking up the next day. It is a light. And so he says, listen, you need this book because you need light. And this light will direct you to the way of life. Now, this is a familiar image. This way of life is a familiar image in wisdom literature. Proverbs lays out these, these two paths, the path of wisdom and the path of folly. And the image means that, that the way of life leads you to life, but also that it is life to help you get to that destination. In other words, you'll be kept alive by staying on this path. And if you stay on the path, in the end, you will find life and not death. Now, we need this because we are not going to like some of the things we're going to read today. Okay? I'm just giving you a warning. And the father gives his son a warning by saying, the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. He warns his son, listen, this is going to cut against what you naturally want. See, in our modern world, we think that true freedom and happiness and joy is found by looking inside of ourselves to our own impulses, to whatever our heart wants, and then going, okay, I'm just going to, whatever I feel and think and want to do, I'm just going to do that and then I'll be happy. And in contrast to that, the father says something shocking and countercultural. He says, no, no, no. The way of life is not looking inside yourself and allowing your emotions and, and feelings and even lusts to lead you wherever, wherever it seems like they want to. The way of life sometimes is found by rebuke and saying, no, don't go that way, that's death. The way of life is found sometimes by the word of God splashing some ice cold water on your face so that you wake up. And that's exactly what the father is going to do today for us. So the four lies, the first one is this. You can sin without suffering. Borrowing that language from uh, Ray Ortland, you can sin without suffering. Verse 25 through 35. Let's read this together. Verse 25, do not desire her beauty in your heart. And do not let her capture you with her eyelashes, for the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread. But a married woman hunts down a precious life. Can, can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his appetite when he's hungry. But if he's caught, he will pay sevenfold. He will give all the goods of his house. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. He will get wounds and dishonor and his disgrace will not be wiped away. For jealousy makes a man furious and he will not spare when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation. He will refuse though you multiply gifts. Bruce Waltke, a commentator, calls this section adultery's severe, inevitable, unending penalty. How's that for a section title? 
adultery's severe, inevitable, unending penalty. First, it's severe. At first, it seems like the adulterous woman doesn't cost anything. And in contrast to the prostitute, the prostitute, you have to give some kind of a payment, but the adulterous woman is offering herself, it seems, for free. But the father says, listen, listen, it's not free. And in fact, it's not a little price. This is your life that this will cost. Second, it is inevitable. Verse 27. Now, this is what I thought was funny from my study of the Hebrew this week. You learn something new in the Bible all the time. But um, apparently, ancient um, Israelite culture had a category for hotness as we do. The son is, is saying to his dad, but the girl is hot, dad. The son is thinking, I'd like to get some of that hotness over here. And the dad pushes the metaphor with him and says, son, she's a little hotter than you realize. You ever seen a third degree burn, son? You ever see somebody's skin crawl back and be exposed with an open sore? You ever watch somebody walk accidentally into a fire and look at the blisters of their feet on the bottom as they're laying back in, in, in agony? Oh, she's hot, son, but a little hotter than you realize. In fact, you're going to be burned, and not just burned a little bit, but burned severely. And the son is thinking, well, listen, I can just kind of, kind of play with this, kind of interact with this, maybe not go all the way. And he says, no, no, no. Can you scoop fire into your lap and then just throw it back into the fire? No, you're going to be burned. Can you walk across a, a bunch of coals? Maybe you're stumbling around in the dark and you, you, you don't realize how close to the fire you are and you walk back and scald your foot and that not hurts in the same way, the punishment, the hurt, the suffering that comes from this is inevitable. And third, it is unending. In the ancient culture, disgrace in this area could not be wiped away. The mark would not come off of his life. The effects don't just last a little bit and then you move on. He uses this illustration. Look, a thief, a thief is one thing because a thief can steal something and then he can repay what he stole seven times. And then the owner will be satisfied. Then he'll be restored into the community. We all know you shouldn't have done that, but you paid your debt, okay? So let's move on. But this, no, 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 no. This, 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 is, this is very personal, son. There will be long lingering effects in every part of your relationships if you sin this way. There will be relational, economic, personal, social consequences to your sin. So what's the point? The point is this. The lie that sin feeds you is that you can sin and maybe avoid suffering. Or you can sin and just suffer a slap on the wrist and like, oh, okay, boys will be boys, whatever. Let's move on. No. I can sin, but it'll blow over. They'll forgive me. No, you cannot sin and not suffer. And one of the problems is that we, in, in, in this area in particular of sexual temptation, we often, it feels like we can sin some and not experience an immediate lightning bolt from the sky, right? Like we do this, we look at something we shouldn't, or we touch something we shouldn't, or we go to a place we shouldn't, and all of a sudden we think, okay, well, I'm still here. 
we do not realize that sin has a severe, inevitable, unending effect on our relationships. Think of it this way. Um, four years ago, uh, my family moved into our house. Now, I've always had severe environmental allergies. Um, I w- my allergist talked to me about things I could do to minimize the effects of that in my life because I would get kind of constant sinus infections, four, five, six maybe more a year. Uh, And so we found this house though, and I loved this house. It was beautiful. Now there's a couple of problems with it. Um, It had four giant, like 20 foot mulberry trees, which I was through testing revealed to be highly allergic to. Okay. Then we had 1961 era original windows, which meant that those things would not seal no matter what you would do, right? Those old crank windows, whatever's outside, that's coming in. And then uh, one of the other thing is we had just regular evaporative coolers. And somebody had encouraged me, you know, you really should think about getting a closed cooler system just because of your allergies. It'll help filter some of that stuff out. And I thought, whatever. I love this house. It's a great house. I love the trees. No big deal. I moved in. A month later, I wasn't dead, right? I mean, obviously, I made it. And so two months later, still alive. Three months later, still alive. But something began to happen. I started to get more and more frequent sinus infections, more and more frequent sinus headaches. Now, I love that house, but it was as if my allergist had told me, you cannot live there and not suffer. And I said, but I'm not dead. Now, what what the father, though, is describing is far more serious than a few sinus infections every year. This is corrosive, fiery, life-destroying sin. This would be something like like somebody coming over and letting you know, hey, I I think you've got a carbon monoxide leak in your home. It's slow, but I think it's there. And I think I found that in your water supply, there are toxic levels of lead. And you go, I'm not dead. And so you wake up and you say, listen, that person was crazy. I can walk. I can talk. I feel fine. Maybe a little bit of headache. It's not a big deal. A week later, you can still walk. You can still talk. Your symptoms are a little worse. Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Pretty soon, you're not going to be able to walk or talk or laugh about it anymore. That's what the Father is saying about sin. You cannot sin. You cannot sin and not suffer. And I want to just drop into something today. I I wish I had more time to spend on this, but I think one of the the things in our world, um, and by logic we go, okay, that's true. I I shouldn't sleep with so-and-so. I shouldn't commit adultery. I shouldn't do this. But I think one of the areas in which we think that this does not apply is the area of pornography. And this is the reality, friends. When you sin with pornography, your relationship with God will suffer. The very thing that you were made for, the very thing meant to give you true joy and life will begin to fade. You cannot sin with that and expect that nothing will change in your relationship with God. 
You cannot sin with that and expect that your relationship with your spouse will not suffer. But, but I'm not, listen, it has nothing to do with them, okay? No, 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 you, you can't sin. And even if they never find out, and they will, even if they never find out, you looking at that will erode your relationship with the real person in front of you. Is you'll start to think they're not enough. You'll start to think selfishly in not just sexual, but multiple areas of your life. And listen, let me just urge singles to listen here. You cannot sin with this now and it not affect your future relationship with your spouse. See, I, you can believe this lie that, look, I don't know when God's gonna give me a wife or a husband and I wanna feel this now. And listen, when, when that day finally comes, I'll happily give this up, but I need it now. What you don't realize is that there is a carbon monoxide leak in your life and you won't find it until a year into your marriage. Your relationship with others in general will suffer. It turns, porn turns you inward it begins to train you to use people, to see them as objects. And listen, you cannot do that without it affecting your relationships with everyone. Selfishness, corrosive effects, isolation that pulls you further and further and further away from people. And lest we forget, you cause the suffering of others. Listen, if you don't believe me, I, I dare you um, to get online, maybe a place like fightthenewdrug.org, uh, and, and to get online and read the statistics about how the porn industry covers up and even promotes abuse and exploitation. You say, well, no, but that, that girl, obviously, the look on her face, she wants to be there. The look on that guy's face, he wants to be doing this. Read the stats. Read about how many of those workers have been abused through that industry, are being abused in that industry, and especially how many of them have been abused sexually as kids and teens. And add to that to this, this, the truth that the guy or girl you are looking at is, is giving themselves to something that will crush their soul. You say, well, I didn't, I didn't pay for that. I just looked at it. That look does pay for it. And you're paying them for sins that will condemn them on the last day before God. You cannot sin with this, friends, and not suffer and cause the suffering of others. And how much more would we add to all of these things, real physical immorality? In our world today, we've done everything we can possibly do to convince ourselves that we can sleep with whoever we want, whenever we want, without any consequences, that everybody's doing it, everyone's hooking up, but this is the reality. It destroys our relationship with God, our relationship with our spouse or future spouse, our relationship with others, and the person that we are sinning with. Hoping God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong. shelves are lined with books and stadiums are filled with speakers touting the very latest and greatest about wisdom. 
And while God can, and he does, use these sorts of methods to impart wisdom, the very best place to obtain God's wisdom is through his word, specifically the book of Proverbs. Pastor Ricky is currently teaching through a series entitled Wisdom for Life, where he will tackle everyday issues through the lens of God's wisdom. You've been listening to Better News Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Ricky Alcantar of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. That's radio at betternewsradio.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Cross of Grace Church, can be downloaded from our website. That's betternewsradio.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, our phone number is 915-562-7100. Perhaps today's message was exactly what you're looking for in a church. If you don't have a home church and you sense God is calling you to join us, then please come out and visit this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Community groups of believers also meet throughout the week in many locations around the city for Bible study, fellowship, and prayer. For more information, including driving directions, visit betternewsradio.com. We hope to see you soon. The theme music for Better News Radio has been provided by Sovereign Grace Music. Pastor Ricky will continue sharing messages from this series, Wisdom for Life. That's next time on Better News Radio.